Welcome to the 18th episode of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the weekly podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. I'm your show host, Julie South. This week, I want to start a conversation, a discussion with you, you who's listening right now. I want to know your thoughts and opinions and ideas are on a letter I received over the weekend. It's an open letter written by a practicing veterinarian in a small town who tragically lost her husband to suicide three years ago. I'll post the PDF of the letter on the Paws, Claws and Wetnoses.fm show notes page for this episode so you can read it yourself. So that's Paws, Claws, Wetnoses.fm and this is episode 18. It's written to the Veterinary Practitioners Boards of Australia, the Australian Veterinary Association and anyone else who cares to read on and it's sent or written by Dr. Jasmine Cloker, a mixed practice veterinarian in New South Wales. The Australian CVE, the Centre for Veterinary Education, will invite comments from the AVA and the veterinary boards, which will be published in issue 303 in June of this year, June 2021. So if you want to contribute and or participate in that conversation, you can virtually head over the ditch and do that there. In this letter, Dr. Jasmine shares how it is for her working in Australia. It's because her experiences didn't sound that much different to what life on this side of the Tasman is like for veterinarians here in God's own Aotearoa, New Zealand, that I wanted to share it with you. Also, because I was sent a copy of this letter by a practicing Kiwi companion animal veterinarian and Dr. Jasmine also gave me her permission to share, I believe it's definitely worth bringing to the attention of veterinarians on this side of the Tasman. What I like about her letter is that she's offered up some solutions and it's those I'm particularly interested in in hearing your views on. Will they work here, do you think? Hi, this is Julie South, and you're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the Kiwi Veterinary Sector podcast. If you're a Kiwi veterinary professional, then stay tuned, because this show is for you. Each week's podcast is purpose-built to help you grow your veterinary business, yourself or your life. You can find all the show notes and links mentioned in today's show at pawsclawswetnoses.fm. The letter starts with about. My name is Jasmine Cloker and I have been a veterinarian in mixed practice in New South Wales since January 2000. I am writing this letter today as I am very concerned about the future of our profession. 
I feel that with 20 years of experience, a significant amount of this time spent running my own practice, raising four children while working full-time, and losing my husband, also a veterinarian, to suicide three years ago, that I am in a fairly good position to reflect on some of the major issues affecting us. The problems. The supposed issues. We keep looking at vet fatigue, lack of support for new graduates and fellow vets, the lack of respect towards veterinarians shown by the public, and remuneration as issues causing the poor veterinary retention rates we are seeing. These issues are also being flagged as the leading causal factors in the declining mental health of our members. The primary issue. I think we need to turn this around and focus on what is now and what has been for the past 16 years the primary issue facing us. That is the veterinary shortage seen in Australia. My husband and I wrote an article which was published in The Veterinarian in 2006 about the rural vet shortage. Unfortunately, nothing has changed in the past 17 years and here we are with an even bigger problem in 2021. Today, we no longer have a shortage merely in the country, but it has now hit the cities and coastal towns as well. When we are short on veterinarians, it places an enormous strain on the team in the clinic. It makes it hard to take leave. It stretches everyone's time, making support for new grads more difficult. Overtired and overworked veterinarians are not as resilient as they would be if they were well rested. We have a harder time coping with the day-to-day stress of the job, the public and co-workers when we are exhausted. Rethink ways to increase veterinary wages. I think most vets are aware of the expectations on work hours, that is, this is not a 9-to-5 job, and are also aware of the award wage before they begin their studies. For us to be able to increase this wage, we need to find a way to help those animals belonging to people who cannot afford what we are offering them. At the end of the day, we are not a high-earning profession as we are dealing with animals and not people. Unaffordability of best practice for all clients. There is no Medicare for animals, and we are constantly raising the bar on expensive testing and best practice. Realistically, when one in five Australians do not have $200 in the bank, most people cannot afford this best practice standard that is now on offer at most practices, often as the only option, cherry-picking by mobile veterinarians. I feel that there should be restrictions placed on mobile veterinarians linking them to a base clinic where they help share the load of hospital care and after-hours work. The mobile services take the easy work, the work without the ongoing medical or surgical care given in a clinic. They have low overheads and less stress. It was okay when there were a few veterinarians practicing in this way. However, we are seeing more and more vets who no longer want the headache of general practice moving down this path, leaving fewer vets in the general clinic settings. Explosion in paperwork. 
The expectations on paperwork for veterinarians has tripled in 20 years. From pet insurance forms to fill out, to extensive histories for fear of litigation. If we spend two to three times the amount of time on admin duties, we need more veterinarians to be able to get the cases seen in a day done. The problem is there are continually more patients to see and fewer veterinarians to employ. No experienced veterinarians to fill full-time job vacancies. We've had advertisements on Kookaburra, the AVA, very expensive, Facebook vet groups, locum agencies, Erica at Vet and Pet Jobs. Our advertisements are now a permanent fixture as we have not managed to be fully staffed at any point in time since 2011. We are employing any locum we can get our hands on. Basically, if they are registered and have a pulse, they have a job. We have not had one experienced veterinarian apply for the position in the past 18 months and a total of three new graduate veterinarians in this time. Also, a Romanian veterinarian who has no qualifications here. Poor calibre of most locums on offer. The quality of most, but not all, of the locums is atrocious. Young vets who are sick of the responsibility of a full-time job are switching to locum work far too soon in their career. They have greatly reduced responsibility, generally refuse to participate in after-hours work and earn twice the money. The problem is they are not experienced veterinarians and often are quite incompetent at simple tasks. For example, we have in the past year had three animals spayed by locums which had ovarian tissue left behind. In 20 years, I have not had this happen with any of my full-time vets. The locums are long gone and we clean up the mess. We've had locums who do not know which vaccine to use and other locums who are unable to perform any surgery at all as they do not have this skill. One locum recently could not flush a blocked fluid line. They are basically veterinarians who need close supervision. When I graduated, a locum would come and run a practice for you while you were able to go on holiday. Emulate the human medicine screening process for vet students. The mental health of the profession is declining due to the veterinary shortage. A combination of fatigue, a stressful job, lack of holidays and veterinarians with an unrealistic idea of what a veterinary job involves is leading to this decline. Medical students pass several exams which profile them as suitable for the pressures of their chosen career. We need this to happen with veterinarians. We need new graduates that can perform under pressure, are resilient when the inevitable difficult week arises, communicate with the public at a high level, thus making their job easier, know that they have not chosen a 9 to 5 career. There are not many neurosurgeons who expect to go home at 5pm every day. Neurosurgery is a job you choose to do, knowing full well you may have some very long and challenging days at times, as is veterinary science, a moral quandary. Now that there is such a shortage of vets, I, as a practice owner, am torn and nearly at the point of completely selling up shop. In the past six months, I have closed a branch and am selling my main clinic. 
I am considering turning my mixed practice clinic, which has served a rural community for 18 years, into a 9-to-5 small animal clinic for ease of staffing. The big problem is that I have a moral issue with this and feel that it is difficult to let down the people who have supported both myself and my family for 20 years. Problem is, there is no one to take up the slack. There is not another clinic just down the road. This will leave yet another community without a large animal service and will stretch the next vet 40 to 60 minutes away to the brink of insanity also as they try to pick up the slack without enough staff to do so. Who steps up? In our area, in the Lower Hunter, we are one of the last clinics offering a 24-hour emergency service. Multiple clinics, approximately five, within one hour of us have stopped performing large animal work or after-hours work in the past 24 months. We have been overrun with work and will now be in a situation where we cannot do it anymore either. The question is, who will? It also alarms me that an area as large as Newcastle can send all the local clinic after-hours cases to the one emergency centre. This clinic set up to take other clinics after-hours work. It is run primarily as a business and was from the outset. They actively came and asked for clinics to give them this work. In the past two years, this has also become a significant problem. They no longer have enough staff either. Many veterinarians are leaving mixed practice to take on a small number of emergency shifts with higher pay and better work-life balance. With the help of Google search and the keywords of emergency service, clients who live over an hour away are finding us and driving to us for this service when they cannot get into the emergency centre as they are overrun with cases. These are not our clients. We are not open 24 hours a day, but have a vet in bed who can get up and service our own patients in a true emergency. We should not need to take up the slack again. Excessive bills and over-servicing by emergency centres. The next issue I have with the emergency centre is the prices they are charging. Remember also that they have no competition in the area at all. Imagine a loyal pensioner client of a small suburban clinic with a sick dog being directed by their veterinary clinic's after-hours phone message to call this emergency centre. Once they arrive, it's all about the money. Excessive bills and often over-servicing which their normal vet would not charge and money which they cannot afford. We have recently seen a patient quoted $6,000 for pyometra surgery. They could not afford this and came to us instead. Again, not our client. This is also not a specialist procedure and a procedure that a general vet can easily perform in a short period of time at a greatly reduced fee. Financial constraints balanced with gold standard. I suggest that these emergency centres need to offer clients more options from gold standard through to basic care. 
I also feel that the referring veterinarian should have some responsibility for their clients and patients also when they are unable to afford the service offered at the specialist centre. It would be very interesting to gain some statistics on the number of pets euthanized due to financial constraints at general clinics and at 24-hour emergency centres. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, Vet Staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.au NZ. The solutions. Number one, there should be a certain amount of experience a veterinarian needs to acquire before they can be classified as a locum and charge locum rates. Due to the vet shortage, they can all get jobs and natural selection no longer occurs. Number two, the way the veterinary boards deal with mental health needs to change. People need to feel able to declare that they are unwell without the board placing many restrictions on them. A vet will pretend to be fine to have restrictions lifted, even when they are not fine. If a vet in this position tells a psychologist that they are suicidal, it will most definitely lead to further restrictions and hoops to jump through. These are hoops that those already struggling cannot manage to jump through. Number three, facilitate overseas vets to work in Australia. We do not have enough veterinarians to fill our positions, yet we make it near impossible for overseas vets to become accredited here. I can guarantee that the overseas vets I have worked with are all 10 times more competent than our current locums. Let us allow them to work under supervision and, if a registered Australian practitioner certifies as to their abilities, register them without having to make them take exams that are ridiculously onerous, stressful, expensive, difficult, way more exacting than routine undergraduate exams, and not necessarily applicable. For example, does an experienced small animal practitioner in Australia have to remember the ins and outs of piggery management they learned 20 years ago? No, and nor should an overseas veterinarian small animal practitioner. An undergrad degree is merely a basic starting point. It should not define whether a good and experienced or even specialist vet can work in this country. Or we could look at making the exams reasonably priced with new content and passable. Number four, we need 2% more vets than there are jobs. We need some vets to be unable to find a job. This would stop vets from leaving if they have a bad week as they could not merely walk into 15 new jobs tomorrow. It would also mean that the vets who truly are incompetent and negligent would no longer be able to hold down a job unless they lift their game. We need a test for new university place applicants to establish resilience and mental toughness. Vet student interviews 
as in Charles Sturt University in, in Wagga, a lower entry mark. As what we need are hardworking vets happy to be on farms, not just the high achievers who are often better suited to research work. At the end of the day, someone who scored an ATAR98 or above may not want to spend the next 60 years pregnancy testing cattle and pulling calves. We have found the Waganu graduates to be 10 times more resilient, hardworking and more likely to work in the country and stay in the country than their city counterparts. We have seen this over many years now and feel that the model Wagga is using should be more broadly implemented. Of course, there are exceptions to every rule and some of the graduates from other universities are fantastic as are some of the high achievers. However, I have noticed a pattern developing over time. More men in the veterinary sector workforce or double the number of women. That is two for each full-time equivalent job. Realistically, half of the women I have employed in the past 15 years are no longer a full-time employee by the time they are 30. They often do not want to participate in after-hours work due to the challenges of doing this with children. If they do participate in after-hours work, it often places a strain on them, leading to decline in mental health and well-being. This is not a sexist comment, but just a fact. I believe that, remember this is Dr. Jasmine, I believe that all clinics greater than 40 minutes from an emergency centre should have to do after-hours work. There needs to be an option for reasonably priced vet care for the community. We need to realise that a homeless lady living in her car with her corgi, who happens to be all she has, has as much of a right to be treated as the corgi belonging to the psychiatrist with a six-figure income. In my opinion, the best practice in these two scenarios is worlds apart, but both are okay. I do not feel that we as a profession still see this distinction. Before a clinic can stop doing after-hours work, they need to find another clinic that is happy to take on their clients. This is especially the case for large animal work in rural settings. Dial H-E-L-P. Dial help. A telephone number should be established that vets can call when they are so short-staffed that they can no longer cope. Maybe it would be possible to have a pool of veterinary locums who are happy to be placed in positions where the situation is becoming dire. This may be a service the AVA could help organise. I am at this point myself. I ensure that all my vets get their time off, look after their well-being and needs, but no one does this for me. I know that if I do not look after their needs, they will find another job tomorrow and I will be even more short-staffed. This is the situations owners are finding themselves in. I have not had a break in three years. I cannot do this for much longer. Unlike my husband, I will walk away before it kills me. However, this will leave yet another hole in a profession that cannot afford to lose anyone else. The long and short of it is that we need more vets 15 years ago and still do today. We need to stop talking about this and find a way to start making it happen now. 
Otherwise, there will be no profession, no one to look after our country's animals, and we will still be talking and planning. I'm also not alone. Every veterinarian I speak to, every pharmaceutical rep I speak to, every recruitment agency I speak to, it is all that anyone is seeing. It is the fundamental problem facing our profession. Thanks for your time, Jasmine. So what did you think? My comments on that. I agree that as a recruiter, that having a 2% surplus is a good idea. From my point of view, I didn't think about it being a good idea from the fact that it would mean that people couldn't get jobs, but I see it as a way for people like Dr. Jasmine, maybe you listening today, can actually take a holiday because hopefully part of that 2% will be locums that you can take a break because there will be a bit of a a bit of a surplus and that's one of the reasons for the petition that I started late last year the other thing that I would like to comment on is regarding locums here at vet staff we do not have locums with fewer than 3 years experience and all of our locums are reference checked Every single one of them, even if it's just for one day or half a day, all of our reference, all of our locums are reference checked before they go into a clinic, and then we ask for feedback on them afterwards. This is Julie South. Thank you for listening to Paws, Claws, and Wet Noses. Like I said at the beginning, I hope this letter sparks some ideas and input this side of the Tasman so that maybe, just maybe, some strategies can be put in place to help alleviate the problems faced by Kiwi veterinarians and veterinary clinics here. All of Dr. Jasmine's contact information can be found at pawsclawswetnoses.fm on the show notes page for this episode, episode 18. If you do contact her, please let her know you heard about her letter because of this podcast. Thank you. If you like this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left a review on any of the major platforms where you listen to it. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Music, because it helps the algorithms make it easier for others to listen to as well. Thank you for listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses. This is Julie South signing off. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of VetStaff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. VetStaff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, VetStaff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. VetStaff.co.au NZ.